Welcome to Free Chapel Spartanburg with Pastor Javon Ruff. Let's join the service in progress. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up with me this morning to a couple of places in the Scripture. I want to go to the book of Luke this morning. I want to go to the book of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to read a few passages of Scripture in Luke chapter 10. And then I'm going to jump over to Matthew chapter 9 quickly and read a few there. If you don't have your Bibles uh, uh, with you, they're going to put the text up on the screen. Don't worry, we got you. We got your back. We got you covered. Amen? Cool, cool, cool. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Beginning at verse uh, 25. And it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it or your understanding of it? And so he answered and said, You shall love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, Well, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain gate answered and said a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing wounded him departed leaving him half dead now by chance a certain priest came down the road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side likewise a Levite when he arrived at the place he came and looked and he passed by on the other side also but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him He had compassion. He went and bandaged up his wounds. He poured oil and wine, set him on his animal or his donkey, brought him to an inn. He took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out money and gave it to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who was falling among thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy. On him then he said to him go and do likewise one more passage and we're gonna jump into this this morning are you with me Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 then Jesus went about all the cities villages teaches and teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom notice that he's going from city to city village to village he's teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still healing today. Amen? But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plenty, plentiful, but listen to this, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I'll stop there for reading. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to share it. I thank you, Lord, that the Bible declares that your words are spirit and they are life. And I pray this morning as your word is spoken, it is declared, proclaimed, prophesied, Lord, and spoken, that it would do that this morning in all of our lives, that it would bring life that it would, by the Spirit of God, bring illumination and revelation that leads to transformation. 
And Father, help us today not just to be hearers of your word only, but help us to be doers also. I thank you in advance, O God, for what you are about to do over these next few moments. And for this, I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you, as Caleb had said, and you might, if you follow us on any of our promotional outlets of social media or uh, Instagram or Facebook, of any of those things, our website, and as Caleb said in our announcements, that this week or this day starts our Heart for series or our Heart for campaign that we do on an annual basis. And many of you uh, participated last year. And um, as Caleb said, we are looking to increase the army of service this year in a major way. But as I was thinking about this particular series and, um, and I was thinking about what we're doing that is something that should never be minimized or limited to just a few weeks or even a season, but should be the ongoing characteristic of our church, having a heart for. But what I want you to understand today is I want to talk to you about something, and I want to talk to you about we're talking about having a heart for Spartanburg, a heart for Gainesville, a heart for Cumming, a heart for Midtown, you know, a heart for Buford, a heart for Gwinnett, a heart for Orange County. I think I got them all. A heart, 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 heart for. But I want to start with this thought. I want to encourage you in something today is to understand this thought. In, in order to have a heart for, it must first be preceded by a heart with. In order to have a heart for truly, it must be first preceded with a heart with. What are you talking about? I want to talk to you about having a heart of compassion. Because before we can really have a heart for our community, it must first start in a place of having a heart filled with compassion. Are you following me? What do you mean, Javon, by compassion? Compassion is de defined by the sympathetic conscientiousness of others distress, watch this, together with a desire to alleviate it. In other words, compassion, watch this, is not a feeling, but compassion is a commitment to get involved with hurting people to alleviate pain or to help them get to a better place in life. Compassion moves us from a feeling to an action. I want to say you can't, be you can't be complacent and compassionate. Compassion will bring you or move you out of your comfort place. One definition puts compassion like this. Compassion shows sympathy, gives support, and demonstrates sacrifice. I'm going to say it again. It shows sympathy. It gives support, and it demonstrates sacrifice. When compassion is mentioned in the Bible as, as, as associated with God the Father, the Bible says that he's full of compassion. When it's mentioned when it comes to Jesus Christ the Son, the Bible said that he's moved with compassion. In other words, God the Father is full of compassion. God the Son is moved with compassion. And I want to say this, to be godly is to be full of compassion and to be Christ-like is to be moved by compassion. In other words, if I'll get full of it, I will be moved by it. Can I get an amen right there? When you look at Jesus' ministry, our text said in Matthew 9, 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved, Jesus, with compassion. 
Jesus' ministry here on earth, the three and a half years, was marked by compassion. What do you mean, Javon? Listen quickly as I run through these. Matthew 14, 14 says this. And Jesus went forth, and he saw the great multitude and he was moved with compassion and he healed their sick. Matthew 5, 32 said this. I have compassion on the multitude. And, I, I, and the Bible said that he fed them who he had compassion on. In Matthew 20, 34, Jesus said he had compassion, watch this, and he touched their eyes and immediately they became, they, they received their sight. Mark 1, 141 says this, and Jesus was moved with compassion, watch this, and he put forth his hand and touched him and said, be thou clean. Mark chapter six, verse 34, the Bible said Jesus was moved with compassion toward them and he said, and be, being moved with compassion, he taught them many things. And one more place in Luke chapter 7, verse 13, it says, And he, the Lord, saw her, saw this woman grieving over her son who had died. And the scripture said he had compassion on her. He touched the coffin and the little boy rose up who was dead and began to speak again. What am I trying to tell you and show you? That in every example where Jesus felt compassion for someone there was a power that were that was released that went out and made an impact on the entire community but it all started with compassion in other words compassion has a heart for the sinning compassion have a heart for the seeking compassion have the heart for for those that that are scattered the scripture said and compassion has a heart for those who are seemingly dead and gone and what I come this morning to do by the help of the Holy Spirit to stir in you a fresh heart of compassion. Do you understand? I want to show you something. Are you hearing me this morning? The Bible said the dead was raised when there was compassion. Demons were cast out when there was compassion. The sick was healed when there was compassion. And notice that, watch this, take this point down. Compassion preceded the miraculous. Did you see that? When compassion, watch this, watch this, when compassion was loose, miracles were released. Could it be, could it be that instead of praying for a move of God, we should begin praying for a move of compassion? And maybe if we got a move of compassion, we'll see one of the biggest moves of God that we ever seen before. But it start, in order to have a heart for, we got to have a heart of, a heart of compassion. Somebody say compassion. compassion. Understand that compassion is love in action. I'm moved to make a difference. We're here in this community, this church, to be moved to make a difference. There's an interesting scripture in 1 John 3, 17. And listen to this. It said, whosoever has this world's good and sees his brother have need. Listen, and he shuts up his bowels of compassion from him. How does the love of God dwell in him? That's an interesting statement. Shuts up his bowels of compassion. Now, bear with me for a moment. Biologically speaking, bowels. When, when your bowels move, I promise there's action. Oh, so we go. I said, when. Oh, so we. 
We'll have another conversation about that. In the natural, let's be real. I know we're in church, but let's be real. When your bowels move, you can't be still. When your bowels move, you can't be complacent. When your bowels move, you got to get somewhere and do something. But, but, but notice, notice what it's saying. It says, when, you're, when, you, when, you're, when, when a person has the goods of this world or has the ability to make the difference and you don't make the difference because you have been given the ability to, the, the Bible says you shut up your bowels of compassion and how say you the love of God is in you. I can't say the love of God is in me when I have the ability to do something and do nothing. See, we can't do everything, but we can do something. And what I came to declare, we cannot be a bunch of Christians that have constipated compassion. That our compassion is shut up on the inside of us. In other words, it's I'm locked up, I'm bound up. And could, and could it be that the, the next level of, the, of freedom that you experience in your life is not what somebody has to do to you, but what you're willing to do for somebody else? If your bowels of compassion get loose, what will God loose in your life? <laughs> I refuse to have constipated compassion. Jesus, you're going to remember that, I promise you. Every time you see a roll of toilet paper, I hope you hear constipated compassion. Every time you go in the bathroom, come on, I'm sowing seeds right now. Constipated compassion. You're gonna remember this little sermon. He said, the harvest is truly great. Watch this, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of harvest to send out labors in the harvest. Did you catch that? He said, the harvest is plenty. He said, there's abundant crop, but labor shortage. See, we don't have a soul problem. We have a saint problem. He said, out there, oh, he said, out there, not in here, but out there, there is a whole harvest and it's plentiful. But the issue is, there's no laborers in the harvest field. We got laymen in the church, but we need laborers in the harvest field. And he said, this is the issue. I put it, I put it like this. Listen, the message translation says, what a huge harvest and how few the harvest hands. So on your knees, ask the God, ask the God of the harvest, listen, to send harvest hands. In other words, there's a huge unemployment problem in the body of Christ. Not enough harvest hands out reaping the harvest. See, watch this. When you have a heart of compassion, God will turn your hands into hands for the harvest. When you have a heart of compassion, God will use your hands to reap the harvest. What do you mean, Javon? Listen to this. Jesus was the seed sown into the world. That was created for the, that, that created the harvest. He was a seed. Jesus went into the ground. He wasn't buried. He was planted. Because the Bible, God, God said, he said, as so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall prosper that in that which I, pl it shall, it shall prosper 
what I want it to please and where I've, I've sent it out, it will carry out my will. And watch this, and I love that, and it will not return unto me void. Did you catch that? So God said, when I sent my word, Jesus, he is the word, into the earth, I, watch this, I don't care how bad it looked, and I don't care how gruesome the cross was, and the whipping post was, and how doom and gloomy Good Friday looked. He said the grave couldn't hold him back, because when I sent him, he had to come back. Come on, somebody. He said, my word is not going to come back to me, boy. It's coming back. But it had to go in the grave to accomplish everything that God wanted it to first. What did he accomplish? He accomplished salvation for all mankind. He was the seed that was sown into the earth by God the Father. Watch this, what I'm about to show you. I'm getting excited. See, Jesus was the seed. The Father was the sower. And now the church of the living God is to be the reapers by the help of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I'm in the right church this morning, but I'm wondering if God can raise up some compassionate harvest hands in Free Chapel Spartanburg. Mm. I'm just teaching. Jesus teaches us through this story. Watch this. Some important characteristics when it comes to having a heart of compassion so that we can have a heart for our community, our city, our nation. And he has this interesting conversation with a lawyer, not like a lawyer we would think in our terms, but a lawyer is a, an expert in the law who knew, who knew the law, had a, had a lot of knowledge about the law. The Bible said that that he asked Jesus this question. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, it's so funny, he said, what, notice that, what must I do to inherit eternal life? <sighs> Wrong question. Because the reality of it is, none of us can do anything that can cause us to inherit eternal life. I wrote it like this. Understand that eternal life is not the result of good works, but it's the result of God's grace. You cannot see he had an inheritance mentality. So you can inherit cars, you can inherit houses, you can inherit property, you can inherit a business. But what you cannot do is inherit eternal life. It's, oh, come on, somebody. Are you with me this morning? See, it's not about what you have to do. It's about who you have to receive. Because it's not about your deeds or what you do. It's about what he done on the cross. So you can't inherit eternal life because Jesus said marvel not you must be born again then he says this he says let's let's keep moving and he said and he said well what's written in the law since you're a lawyer you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart your soul mind and spirit that's what he said he said "Ooh, that's good you know that you're on your game that's awesome and love thy neighbor as thyself you know the word. Come on. You know how to exegete, topical sermon, teach, eschatology, pneumatology, theology, all that good stuff. And then he said this. He said, now, do, now go and do this. In Jesus' command, he exposed an issue 
His command actually exposed the heart of the lawyer. He said, you got a lot of knowing, but you got a little bit of doing. Why don't you transfer that knowing into doing? You can tell me about the word, but are you doing the word? You can tell me about what Jesus said, but are you living how Jesus lived? You can tell me all about 66 books of the Bible, but it's not enough to just quote the scripture. We gotta be able to live the scripture. It's not enough to sing and shout about it. We gotta start walking about it and living about it. No one, I am not impressed about how many scriptures anyone can quote. What impresses me is how many of them you are living. How is there, no, come on, I don't want a life that's marked by information and, 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 and education. I want a life that's marked by application that when you see my life, come on, my life is actually speaking more than my lips. My life is telling you who I am. I w- if you were arrested today for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Oh, you'll get it in a minute. Let me get to where I'm getting. He said, he said, you're missing it. It's not about what you know. It's not about, it's about who you represent. And he said, and he said, who is my neighbor? Because he wanted to limit him to my neighbor. Is those like me. Those that live where I live. No, no, no. He said, no, no, no. It's not about who's your neighbor. It's about you being a compassionate neighbor. And he said, let me give you this story. I'm coming, I'm coming now. There was a certain man, the Bible said, who came down for Jerusalem on the Jericho Road, the scripture said. And as he's walking down this treacherous road, the Bible said that he fell among thieves. He was robbed. And the scripture said that he was left half dead. And the Bible said that there was a certain, notice what, there was a, there was a, there was a Pharisee, there was a priest, and there was a Levite. And the Bible said they came down that same road. And the Bible said that the priest saw him on the other side of the road and kept going. Then it said the Levite, he, he came down and he actually, the Bible said he came and he looked, but he kept going. But then the scripture said that here come the good Samaritan. The good Samaritan. And the Bible said when he saw him, he came to where he was and began to help him and console him and cover him and keep him. But watch this, because this is three attitudes that are demonstrated that all of us fall in one or three of these attitudes or even the church. One, watch this, the priest who was careless. Two, the Levite, watch this, uh, he was concerned. But then there was the Samaritan who was compassionate. Which one are you? Careless, concerned, or compassionate? It's not enough just to be careless. We can't be careless if we call ourselves the church. Well, I don't care what they do. They can all just die and go to hell. I'm on my way to heaven. Ain't my business. And there's there's people that say that and have that attitude. They can just burn and go to hell. 
What is that in the scripture? And then some are concerned. Well, you know, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Listen, we can't be careless. We can't stop at concerned. We got to be moved on to compassion if we're going to be the church of the living God in this day and age. Can I tell you, hear me what I'm about to say? Just like that man who has fallen among thieves and who were robbed, who was beat up and cut up and left for dead, we are surrounded in a culture of society of wounded travelers and people. People who have been left, to dead, left for dead by alcohol, by abuse, by abandonment, come on, by hurt, by pain, by society, by sickness, physical ailments and, 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 and mental ailments and all types of issues and struggling and understand that we are not to be the church that is careless or concerned, but we ought to be the church that is full of compassion and say, I cannot do everything, but I can do something. Let me show you this. He had a compassionate heart. He had a helping hand. And he had an unlimited concern. And this character right here gives us several points. I'm going to give you real quick. When it comes to the characteristics of compassion. Are you ready? Write this down. Number one, compassion comes to where people are. If you're going to be full of compassion, you got to be willing to go where people are. The scripture said that he came, he came to where he was and he got down off of his donkey. Notice that he was in a higher position, but he was willing to go to a lower position in order to make a difference because he didn't care about his position. Maybe that's the problem. We got too many people that are worried about positions. Okay, all right, I'm in the wrong church, okay? But anyway, but the Bible said he came down, which represents compassion is also marked by humility. He was able to, he was willing to enter into their experience. I don't want to sit back and, and look, no, 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 I'm willing to come where you are. Are you following me? If, you don't, if, you, if you're not following me, that's exactly what Jesus did. Come on, he left his high position and came down to a low earth where you and I are to help us. And we have to understand that if we're gonna be full of compassion, we gotta be willing to go where people are. Watch this, Paul said, I became all things to all men that I might win some. Listen to what he says. I love this in the message. Even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any or all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living, immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. Listen, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. My God, if we can get that. I've become just about every sort of servant that there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I, di I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be on it and be in it. Number two, compassion, watch this, breaks down barriers and build bridges. Notice he didn't care. Watch this. If you understand what that means, he was a Samaritan helping a Jew. And the scripture said that the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. 
Isn't it amazing that Jesus told the story of the Samaritan being good and not the Jew? Ah, intentionally to expose the heart of that lawyer. Ah, yeah, because you got a little something-something going on in your heart. Because, see, the Bible said they had no dealings. They were considered to be half-breeds. They intermarried, the Scripture said. And they would even avoid the entire city of Samaria. Although it was the closest route to the temple, they would avoid it because they didn't want to deal with those kind of people. Them kind of people. Ah, yeah, compassion does not have selective evangelism. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's uh, Bill. Can I say this? Compassion does not discriminate on the basis of race, belief, lifestyle, religion, or social status. Come on, I need a bigger amen than that. Because the Bible said, Jesus put it like this, that there is no Jew, in Galatians 3, there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Let me just say this, one of the things that hurt me the most, and I shared this with some of our leaders in the church, when I started out in ministry as a, as a young pastor and a young preacher, needing all the encouragement that I needed, I never will forget, there was particularly one incident, but I heard it multiple times, where people, individuals would look at me and particularly say, people of my own persuasion and say, I can't believe you're, you're serving that white man. Oh, I knew that was going to be, yeah. Somebody was nodding, they just. God didn't give you that gift to serve that white man. I was told that. What kind of encouragement is that? And since when, I'm going to preach right here. Since when did the gospel become a black thing, a white thing, a red thing, a blue thing, a green thing, a young thing, an old thing? Come on, since when did the gospel become Hispanic, did become Latino, Asian, come on, Mexican? Since when did that happen? Oh, I'm going to take you back to VBS. Oh, God loves the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. We are all precious in his sight. Jesus loved the little children of the world. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't preach a a black gospel or a white. I I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that says God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever. Oh, come on, give him a shout of praise if you believe that gospel. We laid that mess down in the parking lot. Come on. Ain't no, come on, somebody. Oh, we're not about any, about his denomination, custom. Maybe that's the problem. What would happen if the Pentecostals and the Presbyterians, uh, the Church of God and the Church of God in Christ, the Methodists, come on, and the Lutheran would lay all that down and let's just come together and win people to Jesus. Compassion, sit down. Come on. Doesn't just have, watch this, doesn't just have sight, but compassion has vision. Watch this. Marvin Sapp had a song 
gospel singer, he looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs. That's what compassion does. It looks beyond your faults and it sees your need. Compassion, ooh, Jesus. Compassion doesn't see an assassin in Saul. Compassion sees an apostle named Paul. Come on, compassion doesn't see Jacob a trickster, but compassion sees a prince with God. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I need somebody to know that the the eyes of compassion are redemptive eyes. The Bible said, the the Bible said this, when, when, when everybody was talking about the woman at the well the bible said people thought she was nasty but jesus says she's not nasty i know she's been with a couple of dudes i know she was been around the block i know she was working the red light district yeah i know all of that and she with a joker that ain't her husband now but all you see is nasty but I see a woman that's just thirsty. I see somebody that's looking for the real thing. And if somebody come with the real Jesus, if somebody come with the compassionate Jesus, if somebody come with the merciful and the gracious and the God-loving Jesus, could it be that she would go from being Shanita, she need this, she need that, she need this, to fulfill you. When I get Jesus, he'll fulfill you with joy. He'll fulfill... I'm, can I say this? Because compassion, oh, it, 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 compassion, compassion will consider the compassion that it received. Ooh. See, compassion, you can't be critical in compassion. You can't be condescending and compassionate. You can't be, you can't be a condemner and compassionate. Jesus said, I come not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. The ministry of Jesus is not a condemning ministry. It's a reconciling ministry. It's a compassionate ministry. But see, see, here's what some of us got to be careful that we don't let self-righteousness sneak in. That now that you saved. Oh, now that you got a car and you got a house clothes on your back, food on the table, got it made in the shade, drinking lemonade, and everything is all good. But some of us, you hadn't always been there. Don't forget the pit from which you've been dug. Don't forget where grace found you. Don't forget where compassion came and covered you when friends walked out on you, family walked out on you, the people that you thought was going to be there wasn't there. And the only one that came to your rescue was Jesus, the Son of God. And now that you've got up, don't forget when you were broke, busted, and disgusted, now that you're blessed and highly favored of the Lord. But the Bible teaches us you are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to make a difference in somebody else his life and have a heart of compassion I'm winding up hear me when I say this that compassion as I come to the music watch this compassion watch this this is what's important about our heart for Compassion sees the spiritual side, watch this, of doing natural things. The spiritual side of doing natural things. All those things that we have on that thing signed up to do, they seem natural. 
They seem practical, and they are. They even seem, watch this, secular in a sense. But see, we got to understand. See, too many times we try to categorize what's sacred and what's secular. What's spiritual and what's just practical. But anything you do unto the Lord, it becomes spiritual. If I do it with a attitude unto the least you do unto these, you do unto me. That's, that's, what, turns the, 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 that's what turns the secular into the, into the sacred. And so don't minimize the practical thing of encouraging someone, texting someone, calling someone, hugging someone. Jesus said, if you give a cup of water in my name, it's a blessing. That's awesome. But I'm going to end with this story. While walking home from school, a boy named Mark noticed the, bo- noticed the boy ahead of him had stumbled to the ground and dropped everything he was carrying. Mark hurried to the boy's side and helped him collect his belongings. Surprisingly, the boy was carrying an especially hefty load. There was a baseball glove and a bat and a couple of sweaters, a small tape recorder, and an armful of books. Mark helped him carry the things and his new and his new friend Bill was most appreciative of his compassion. During the walk home, Mark discovered Bill was struggling in school and had broken up with his girlfriend. When they arrived at Bill's house, he invited Mark in for a Coke and they spent the rest of the afternoon talking, laughing, watching TV. I just helped him with his books. Although the two boys never became real close friends, they kept in touch with each other throughout the rest of the junior high and high school. Students hear this, my young people. Several weeks before graduation, Bill approached Mark and asked him if he remembered that day they met when Mark helped him with all of his stuff. Mark nodded as he remembered. Bill then asked, did you ever wonder why I was carrying so many things that day? Without pausing for an answer, Bill explained. He had cleaned out his locker and was going home to take his life. He had been storing away sleeping pills and was headed home to end it all. When Mark happened to come along to help him out, Bill told Mark how that simple act of compassion inspired him to go on living. He said, Mark, when you picked up my books that day, you saved my life. Not when you prophesied to me. Not when you preached to me. Not when you lay hands and I fell out and had to get a throw cloth. Not when you gave me Greek and Hebrew. And all of that is great. But just a small act of compassion of picking up someone's books who dropped them saved their life. I was ready to end it all until somebody just took a few moments to show me that they cared and when they showed me that they cared I realized that my life really mattered stand to your feet and I want to ask you how often have we avoided small things little things practical things that we have deemed unspiritual that's that's, that's, that's beneath me that's beyond Because if we're, if we're not in the third heaven or whatever that is, we don't want to touch it. But real compassion understands that some of the most practical things are some of the greatest spiritual things.
And when we go out in these next couple weeks and begin to sow into this community, it may be cutting grass. I'm, 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 I'm doing one, doing one. I was excited. There was, there, there, there's a, there's a, a rape emergency um, 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 uh, ministry for victims of rape. And when I heard it, I said, I want to do it. And we're going to go strike their parking lot. We don't have the money to do it. I don't care if you don't. I do. I'll pay for it. And I don't care how much it costs. I'm not bragging. Because, because you never know what that might mean. The message that might send to all those hurting ladies and young ladies in that ministry. Yeah, it may have been a male or female or dude that did this to you. But look at those men out there striping those lines. There are some men that care. aren't bad and I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and put them all in one category because I had a bad experience and so lift up your hands as I am and I want you to say Lord baptize me with a fresh heart of compassion Lord baptize me with a greater hunger and a greater thirst and a greater desire to use all that you've given me to go outside of the four walls of the church and make a difference. I give these hands that I've got raised to you to use for harvest hands. Use my life to make a difference. Use my life to make an impact. Give me a heart of compassion from this day forward may I be moved with compassion like never before in Jesus name Amen with every head bow and every eye closed please no one leaving no one moving if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior compassion is here he's here to save he's here to deliver he's here to set free the Bible said that when the lost son was afar off, that the father said with compassion, he ran after him. You may feel like you're afar off and you're distant from God, but compassion is running to you this morning. Compassion is saying, come home. Compassion is saying, I'm coming to where you are. Compassion is saying, I'm ready to build a bridge where there's been a barrier. Compassion is saying, I, I love you and I want you and there's nothing that you've possibly done so bad that I can't forgive you. And the question is, will you receive it? If you say, Javon, you're talking to me. I'm far from God. I'm backslidden. I'm not truly committed to him, but I'm ready to surrender my life completely to Jesus Christ. I need his compassion. I need his forgiveness because I realize that my life was meant to make a difference, but it starts with surrendering to Jesus Christ. If that's you, and I'm talking to you and you know that I am. I'm going to count to three and right where you're standing, I want you to raise your hand. One, if you mean business. Two, if I'm talking to you. Three, raise your hand right now if I'm talking to you. Raise it up high. I want to see it. Raise it up high. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody else? Raise it up. Raise it up. I see that hand back there. Yep, I see that hand back there. Anybody else? I saw a hand. Just wave it in the air. Just wave it. Just wave it. Just wave it. Anybody else? Anybody else? And this is what I'm going to do. I want all of us to pray this prayer and we're gonna be dismissed. But if you raise that hand and I saw hands, I want all, we're gonna join you in praying this prayer. And after this service, I need you to go to the information desk and tell them that you prayed this prayer and they got some information for you. Are you ready? Say, Lord Jesus, 
I surrender my life. Forgive me, cleanse me, and wash me in your blood. I thank you that I am forgiven. I thank you for your compassion. Now use me to be a carrier of compassion to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a great big shout of praise. For more information about this message or to join us at one of our live services at Free Chapel Spartanburg, visit freechapel.org Spartanburg. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you soon at Free Chapel Spartanburg.